You're listening to the PFWC podcast with me, Carly Compton, a podcast created to help you learn strategies to overcome that bully inside your head, ways to practice self-love, awareness and understanding of eating disorders, how to embrace the body you have been given, and develop a healthy relationship with food, exercise, and most importantly, yourself. Here at the PFWC Podcast, we find it important to create a safe space and a place for individuals to come to learn how to create that lifestyle that works for them. We're dropping comparisons, fighting unrealistic beauty standards, and coming together to show the world that all bodies are beautiful and that healthy looks different on everyone. Sit back, relax, and get ready to grow together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the PFWC podcast. It has been a while since we had an episode, but I am so excited for today's episode. Um, We have a very special guest, someone who I have been looking up to for many, many months. So today I want to introduce you to Ariel Astoria. Um, She is an amazing woman, and I don't want to tell you too much about her. I want her to be able to share Um, what she does, um, because I feel like I won't even be able to do it justice. So um, welcome, Arielle. I am so excited to have you. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I would say be here, but, you know, virtually here. I I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) How are you doing with everything going on right now? It's a bit crazy. Man, I know. I'm doing okay. I was telling my friend um, earlier today, we were texting, it was her birthday. And I was like, you know what, I have like, at least one or two solid days of like productivity. And then I just kind of like navigate the rest of the week, how I can navigate it. So it's like, as long I feel like as long as I have two solid days, where I can wake up, work out, be productive, then I feel fine. And the rest of the days, I don't know what's going to happen. And so I've been trying to give myself a lot of grace with just like literally day at a time. And I like started my, my period today. So it's really just like, I was like, what's well, productivity? What? Yep. What? Yeah, we're not like, we're, di- we're not, uh, we're not. So yep. we're going to do the things we have to do today as best we can. But exactly. yesterday I had like a glitter jester on. I got really excited yesterday for my stuff yesterday. And today I'm like, I'm in a sweatshirt and exactly. I'm here. Hello. Yeah, that was me yesterday. I was just so unmotivated, tired. The weather lately has just been so rainy and gloomy. And when it's like that, it's impossible for me to get motivated to do anything. (laughs) So I totally agree. There's days where you're just like, you know what, I'm going to do what I can do. I'm going to do what needs to be done today. And then I'm going to sit on the couch and eat snacks and watch Netflix for the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, And that's plenty. And that's plenty for me. Exactly. We watch, uh, well, we're watching uh, Breaking Bad. He was like, can we just finish Breaking Bad today? Can we? I was like, no, I have work things, babe. We could do that tomorrow. <laughs> like, I just I can't do that now. But then the yeah. weekends, like, I feel like I've really tried to create a differentiation of like Monday through Friday. And then like Saturday, Sundays are like, wake up, we watch church, we have cinnamon rolls, like, it's just like that whole flow of things. And then Monday, I'm like, "Mm," depending on how I feel. But then by Tuesday, I'm like, all right, let's go. Let's get it. But then Thursday rolls around. I'm like, yeah, I'm ready for rest, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's crazy. It's hard getting into that schedule, especially when you don't have to be anywhere. And you don't have to look a certain way. You don't have to get ready. Like when you're not seeing anyone, it's hard to get that routine. Um, Totally. 
but I have been talking to a lot of people about this and I'm like, it's so important that you just do what you can do. And I think it can be really hard right now, especially just with like feeling pressure to be productive all the time and getting dressed and doing your makeup and like doing your hair every day. And like, it's, it's different for everyone. And so I think that's, you know, really important to understand. But before we get super into conversation, um, I would love for you to just introduce yourself um, and just a little bit back, a little bit of background on who you are, what you do and, you know, how, how you're here, why you're here right now. Yeah. So I am, uh, well, it's very funny to be like, what, what are any of us right now? Um, Which is really interesting, but Usually, I, I'm a full-time poet, speaker, um, writer, and creative, and creative is just like a drop-down of a lot of different things, a lot of that having to do with social media and a little bit of modeling as well, and um, I've been doing this for the past five years now. I graduated in 2015 from a Southern California University, and I studied psychology and theater, uh, thinking that I would go more that route with work, and then that kind of pivoted as arts, I say, just kind of was like, no like this is what we're doing this is who we are and that path has like kept me until I until um now and so I've graduated five years ago coming this coming May which is so crazy and I've been doing it full-time with like a lot of other jobs like to get there so it hasn't been a very easy process whatsoever um I never want to paint that picture it's it has been a whirlwind to say the least and even now it's very interesting to be a creative and a freelancer um in this space and so um yeah that's like what I do full-time and a lot of it is just storytelling either through words or through pictures and um yeah it's very fun I love it I love love what you do I love your work I remember um a couple months ago I when I was first introduced to your page and your work was Mm -hmm. through um Jenna Kutcher's podcast and um so I went and checked out your Instagram and I was like this girl is amazing her work is amazing her words are amazing so powerful and I knew right then I was like this is someone that I need to follow and have in my life and on my Instagram feed on a regular basis so Mm, thank thank you for that yeah Um, thank you thank you so much and then had the opportunity to work with you a couple times with Fabletics which was you know really fun yeah Um, yeah and I just have to say like your energy is so positive, so uplifting, you know how to make people feel extremely comfortable. And I think that's really what I admire most about you and why I thought it was so important to have you here on the podcast to share, you know, your story and your voice and, you know, help, you know, share with the community here what you do and how powerful, how powerful your work really is. So um, I'm really happy to have you. Um, Thank you. And I did want to say I 100% relate to how you, what you're saying in regards to like, it's so funny when people ask like, what do you do? What do you do? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, right now I, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Trying to make it work here at home, you know? Right. Um, But I understand that hustle and that when this, you know, when you're out there and you're trying to build a business or you're trying to freelance and you're trying to put what you do out there into the world, it's crazy because the same for me. I have my program, but I feel like I do like 10 other things outside of that <laughs> because totally. you just, yeah. you're just hustling and you're like, how do I make Always. this work? How do I make this work? 
Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So do you have, in regards to that, do you have any tips for anyone who is, you know, kind of trying to find what, you know, what they're called to do um, in regards to whether that is a freelancer, someone who's an artist, someone who wants to start a business, any advice that you might have for someone um, who might be hesitant to do that out of fear of failure or. Right. Well, um, I think a lot of it for, for me having been the, the person who's like, I didn't actively pursue the life that I'm doing now. And so it's very interesting to be like, oh, well, what are your goals and what are your, you know, mood boards and vision things? And I was like, I, I didn't set out to do this, you know, um, which I think added another layer of fear to that because it was like, well, I have no preconceived how this is going to go or how this is going to like run down. And so there's like um, a benefit and a deficit to being able to go into it like that. Um, and I think for the most part, the fear uh, will always be there. You know, there's a lot of different quotes about it. Courage is not the absence of fear, you know, or, or that we, it's not that we are courageous because the fear isn't there. It's, you know, it's, there's always an element that fear will be in the picture. There's always an element that fear will be in the story. Um, it's just a matter of, of anything of how much control and how much power do you give that fear? Mm -hmm. Um, does that fear stop you? Uh, does that fear stunt you? Um, does that fear cause you to have that inner insecure voice? You know, a lot of times I don't think it's the people around us, you know, that are our worst enemies. I truly think it's an internal battle. Um, we will fight ourselves day in and day out, you know, um, because of that fear. And so the thing is, if you're, if you're not wanting to move forward and if you're not wanting to start because you're fearful, um, you can already kind of put that one to the side and just like keep on moving to the next one. Um, because that, that is a vital thing. I think that's necessary to it. It's like, uh, for me, I, I, when I first started performing, like I asked for nervousness, like I prayed for that because I was like, I don't want to get used to this. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't ever want to get so caught up and like, yep, this is just what I do. And I'm just on stage and I don't, I stop feeling things. Um, I stop feeling that nervousness. I stop fearing, feeling that initial, like, oh, I'm a little afraid. And, and I think ultimately in those situations, we're so afraid because we care so much about it. Um, that's where it ultimately comes down to is like we 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 care so much about how this falls out, how this comes into play, that we don't even want to try to take that first step because of how afraid, what if this doesn't work? Because I really desperately want it to. And and more than most more likely the options are it won't work out how you think it's gonna work out. It's gonna work out in a whole different way. Like I I never expected that what I'm doing <laughs> doing now would be my career. Um, I never expected that I would encounter the people I've encountered in the work that I've encountered um, because I, I didn't know, you know, I didn't have that preconceived setup. And so every step of the way I'm, I'm fearful. And as a freelancer, things change so often, you know, um, things change all the time. And we're in a very interesting space right now where things are changing for the collective, like not just for us as entrepreneurs and creatives, mm -hmm. which gives us even more of a benefit, I think, because we're like, I'm like, oh, I'm used to things being postponed or canceled, not to this extent, obviously, mm -hmm. but I'm also used to like, people are like, oh, work from home, work from home. And I'm like, I, I do this. I've been working from home, you know? And so it's like this weird 
comfort level, which is like, I'm, I'm made for this, you know? So once you step out of that fear space, you then come into this, like, I'm made for this moment right here. I've been equipped for this moment right here. And then I think that's where confidence really truly comes from. It's not like I have all the answers. I have all the skills. It's like, I don't know much, but I know I was made for this moment. I know I was made for this craft. I know I was made for this business or this endeavor. And whatever happens after is a benefit and a plus. But like, that's mm-hmm. where I'm first going to stand, you know? And so I always say, like, keep trying, especially when I talk to college students and stuff like that. I'm like, that's great. Go to school, study, learn, try all the extracurriculars, you know, like add a whole bunch of things to your resume. And then by the time you get to what you actually do, it probably won't be any of those things. But those things set you up for where you're mm-hmm. going and what you were made to do. And so I look back at like all the weird jobs I ever had. And I'm just like, what in the world? But like me working for a startup clothing subscription company, then helped me learn how to flat lay, learned how to style models, learned how to run my own Instagram, like all all of it ends up being this, like, I say this, like, web or or this kind of, like, um almost like a trampoline, if you will. This, like, mm-hmm. trampoline underneath you of all these random things that eventually are what propels you. Um, and so it may not always make sense in the moment, but it will fall into place and you'll be able to look back and be like, oh, I get it now. I see that. Yeah. I love that. I love that the explanation of, you know, we never want that fear to go away because that means that you don't really, that, that passion is no longer there or isn't as strong. I've never Mm -hmm. thought of it like that before. And that is spot on. I know like every single time I am, you know, about to do even a small live here on Instagram and I get nervous and I'm like, why am I nervous? (laughs) I do this all the time. Or when I'm speaking in front of people and I'm like, why am I nervous? I know what I'm going to say. But to Mm -hmm. know that that nervousness and that fear is just a sign of my passion and, you know, that you want this to go well and you want people to positively, um, you know, walk away with something that, you know, they've learned and have impacted their life in a positive way. And so I love that so much. I think that that is such a powerful way to look at fear Um, Mm -hmm. because I know for, yeah, for myself, I'm always like, why am I afraid? <laughs> There's no need right. to be afraid. There's so many people who are like, uh, especially like more speakers and more like, I say there's like the soul cycle um, encouragers in the world. Mm-hmm. And then there's like the the yoga encouragers of the world. I put myself in like the yoga encourager <laughs> space. Yeah. But the, the more soul cycle, you know, way of instructing is like, you don't need fear, you know, like fear is, is the enemy, you know, and mm-hmm. it's like, you're selfish if you're fearful. And I like, I had to sit with those things for a moment. I was like, okay, I do think that ultimately fear should never rule you, you know, like fear should never get the final say. Absolutely. But I don't think it's fair to to negate the whole thing and just say that like, that's selfish or that's not necessary. I think it's there for a reason. And and I think it's, um, Brene, Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. I think Brene Brown says this really well um, of like taking those things like fear and, and, and hurt and grief and being like, okay, you're here. Thank you for being here. You know, what are you trying to teach me? Um, and then when you're ready, there's the door, you know, and, and it's kind of like this, like less, like um, I'm going to defeat this thing, you know, I'm going to get rid of this thing. And it's more so like, what are you here to teach me? How am I here to grow from this? Thank you for being here. I, I can, t- can 
continue, you know? And so I think I've tried to find that more like grace approach with like those things, especially fear, because I'm like, I'm a performer. Like I'm going to be nervous, you know, uh-huh. like I'm going to be fearful. And it really has nothing to do with me. It's more so just like, oh, man, I care about this poem. I care about this conversation so much. And I care about the audience so much that I just like, I hope that they get everything that I came here with the heart to tell them, you know, and that's, that's mm-hmm. all that it added. And, and and kind of shaping it but I think it, however people need to adapt to it is how they need to adapt but that's just yeah. a, place, a place that I've navigated you know yeah and I think that's so powerful and I think that it's so important to know that and to remember that you're going to be nervous for anything that you are pursuing so why right. not put those nerves and that effort yeah. towards something you're so passionate about, something that, right. you know, might feel out of your comfort zone. But I have found that those things have been the most powerful in my life. The situations and the opportunities that I've taken that I'm like, what? I'm, I'm not qualified for this. Why am I like, what am I doing? Yeah. And then I, you know, yeah. those have been the biggest moments in my life, the biggest learning opportunities. And so I think, yeah, for anyone who's looking to move, you know, forward in a new business or something like that, they're interested in that is such an important way to look at it and think about it. Um, Especially in this time that we're in now, I feel like so many people are exploring new, you know, new things, new ways of, you know, breaching and doing what they feel they're meant to do. And so, yeah, I think that taking control of that fear and allowing it to propel you forward is, you know, so, so important. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you because we have, you know, the similarity and we've worked together in modeling. How did you get into modeling? How did, how did you end up in that field? Um, completely by accident (laughs) um this was like another of those spaces where it's like I never wanted to be a model I just I and that all came from like a lot of insecurity of like who me you know um of like I can't do that you know I, I that's not for me and and so it came through Instagram like a lot of things did. And a lot of my best friends are photographers and things like that. And so they would have campaigns and stuff and take my photos or I would just go with them and we'd go at adventure and take photos. And I would post those photos and like rate, write comments about it, you know? And then I also, I love shopping. I mean, I come from a family of girls for the most part, besides my little brother and like my school went, my sister went to school for fashion and stuff like that. So we love clothes. We love um, styling and dressing up. I love thrift store skirts. And and so I started, you know, posting those things and people eventually, you know, slowly started to be like, Oh, where's that outfit from? Or, 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 Oh, we're a clothing brand. Can we send you some clothes, you know, or, Oh, we're a swimsuit brand. Can we send you a swimsuit? So it really started through that. And, and my first, one of my first campaigns was swimsuits, which was so interesting to me. Cause I was like, I, I don't even own a two-piece, you know, Mm -hmm. like I don't go to the water, like I don't get in the water like that. So I don't understand what you want me to do, you know, with this swimsuit. And I did two campaigns with with them and then they ended up bringing me on um, that next year, like year or two after um, for their first campaign. And they're an international swimwear brand who only travels for their shoots. Um, And so I did three international shoots with them. And then from there, it just kind of like picked up around the same time. I I, like acting is like my first love. So Mm -hmm. I've been in like a few things here and there and gone to classes, but I'm on a lot of acting profiles. I always have been 
you know, for the past like 10 years or so. And so one of um, my model agencies now, they actually found me through my acting profile. Um, and um, they were like, can you bring her in for a meeting? And I was like, oh, this is a scam. Like, this is not real. Um, and so I like was like, yeah, sure, I'll meet with you, you know? And then I met with them and I was like, oh, well, you're like calling mom. I was like, it's not a scam. Like, it's, they actually want me to model for them. And my first campaign, my first gig with them was a scrubs shoot. It was like two days of like, I don't even know how many scrubs. I think over a hundred I wore. And so me and scrubs is somewhere on the internet that I never <laughs> post because you got to start somewhere, but that doesn't mean you have to share it. Um, and so I definitely just like stumbled into it, but I realized I was like, oh, this is just like storytelling, you know, like I love being behind the camera, you know, I have no behind or in front of, and that was like one of my first loves with Instagram. I took my own photos and they were very moody and artsy and I wrote poems about empty buildings and and stuff like that. So I've always loved, I've always like had a really interesting eye to capture photography. And then eventually I was like, yeah, I'm fine with being, you know, in front of a camera. And it just kind of like kept going. So it's really fun. I love it. Like I definitely am not going to do research on how to be a better <laughs> model or how to get more gigs. I love what opportunities come to me um, and they pay really nicely when they do most times. So when that happens, I'm like, mm -hmm. that's great. I definitely, I definitely did, do not want to do that full time at all, but it's really fun. <laughs> it's really fun. I totally get that because I mean, my story is very similar. I never, ever growing up and never thought, oh, I want to be a model. I like mm -hmm. that was never an intention of mine. I wanted to be mm -hmm. an elementary school teacher from the time that I was like in eighth yeah. grade until I was yeah. like halfway through college. And I was like, I'm going to be an elementary school teacher. I obviously can't be a model as well because like <laughs> those two don't go well together. <laughs> Yeah. And right. so when I was living in Hawaii, that kind of the same thing happened. Like this bikini company reached out to me and I was like, what? Mm -hmm. No. And when I was in my eating yeah. disorder, I was like, I don't have the body to be a bikini model. Mm -hmm. What? Like that was what I was thinking. And I was like, no, this yeah. isn't going to work. But I did it. And it made me feel so confident and so good yeah. in my body that yeah. I was like, this is so, this is amazing. So I just kept doing it and kept doing it just for fun. And then when I moved to LA, signed with Bicoastal, who I believe you're also yeah. signed with. Oh yeah. 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 So we're signed with the same agent. And um, so, yeah. And I remember my first like big job was with Adidas and I was yeah. like, nice. this fake, this is not real, <laughs> you know, kind of the same thing of like, why yes. would this brand want work with me this no way no yeah. way um and then I found like turned out to be real and you're like what, what? is this yeah. <laughs> but I, I totally sure? get it because like, yeah yeah when we work together with at like at Fabletics you know that is it's a long day and it's mm -hmm. a lot of outfits and it's a lot of changing <laughs> and it's a lot of smiling and you know like mm -hmm. you have to be on for eight hours you know hours. all day yep. 
So I literally like leave and I'm like, whatever, whatever thing I have post this, it's canceled. Like I cannot socially interact. I cannot smile. I can't, like, I cannot. I'm like, and I, you know, the drives, depending on where you're going, I'm like, cool. I have two hours by myself. Most times I never listen to music on the way back from shoots or anything like that. Cause I just get so overstimulated, but they're so fun. Like when you're in them, they're so fun. For sure. But it is, it definitely is its own type of work you know people are like yeah this is not that's not work blah, blah, blah. and I'm like no it's work you know yeah. it's it's definitely exactly. work, but it's its own type for sure yeah I was just, I was for gonna sure. say I have such when I started doing jobs like that I you know developed this very deep like respect for models who do that every single day like yeah. I just can't yeah. imagine showing up and just put wearing hundreds of outfits every single day and smiling mm-hmm. and like being on every single day. So I totally get that. Um, I love that I'm able to do it on the side and I love that, you know, it's yeah. something that brings me happiness when I get to do it, but it's not one of those things where I'm like, I want to be a, a full-time model, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I love it. When I get the gig, I'm all about it. But yeah. like, man, I full time. I don't think I could do it full time. And I think for me, a lot of it is just like, I need to use my voice, you know, like yeah. I need to be able to like speak at some point. And so that's why I love acting, I think more so because it's like, I may not be speaking, but like, there's a story being told in addition to it versus like with modeling, there there's a story being told, but it's a still story, you know, mm-hmm. and so I love both. Um, yeah. But I definitely I get to the point where I'm like, okay, now I'm ready to be on stage. Now I'm ready to have a conversation with someone. Now I'm ready to step into a character shoes or whatever. But it's yeah. it's fun. I still love it. Like I love the shoots I've been able to do. And even Fabletics are like so fun. Like I love those days. Mm-hmm. Um, and they give me something to look forward to. But it's also like, yeah, I'm good on doing this full time. Yeah. Like I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I think the most I wanted to just ask you, and this is a question that I get a lot from you know people in my platform who asked you have the confidence as you know as a bigger girl as a girl who doesn't have that you know that typical model body that you we see or that we're told we need to have um these unrealistic standards that society has set on us how do you stay confident and how do you continue to push forward when you you have you know society diet industry growing and pushing all of these things in your face. Yeah. That one is really funny because um um it's assuming that bigger bodies can't model, which mm-hmm. I think the first thing I thought of um was when Nike put out their mannequin that was curved and people flipped the yeah freak out you know like and it was just like what are you freaking out for she's a size 14 16 which is the average Average. size of Mm -hmm. a woman like and so it was like so what the whole conversation of like how do you how do you do it and it's like that no one is asking a size zero size four size 10 model how how is that possible for you so why is that still a conversation for, for bodies that are, and I hate the whole curve and plus, like, mm-hmm. I really don't like sitting in that separation either for, but just for a body, for a normal body, yeah. you know? And, um, and I, I mean, I guess it's great to be a representation where they're, 
there, I think we're definitely in a space where there's way more um, curve plus whatever normal size body representation. Um, so we're in a different space now. Um, but before it was, it was rare, you know? And so we have, mm-hmm. we have the Ashley Grahams of the world, you know, and, and the uh, Hunter McGrady's and stuff like that, you know, who, and if we really want to go back, like the Marilyn Monroe's, like Marilyn Monroe was like, beautiful and glorified and like her curves and everything. And, but she was also like objectified at the same time, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so it was very interesting conversation, but I'm always just like, you have a body. People could take pictures of of you too. You know, there's nothing abnormal there. And so I think I, I always am just like, yeah, I obviously carried that weight of like, I shouldn't be this. I shouldn't do this because I look like that. Mm-hmm. And then you get in it and you're like, okay, but I'm doing it, you know? And yes. my friend like just sent me a, a picture today of someone else just scrolling. And I just so happened to be in this like tiny little swimsuit ad on there. And it was like two girls who one is super busty, but still small, you know, and the other one is small, blonde and beautiful. And then there's me black and curvy, you know? And so mm-hmm. it's like, there there has to be like I the the whole aspect of representation like people are watching this and people who look like me who look like you who look like her who look like everyone you know so there needs to be a more equal representation of everyone watching and for a really Mm -hmm. long time there hasn't been that you know yeah um and, um, yeah, I think uh, especially growing up and always having been bigger than most mm-hmm. of the people around me, that was always like a hard space and a hard, which is why I loved thrift stores and I loved old skirts and I loved things that like another body wore this and mm-hmm. like made room now for me. And, and so I felt super comfortable in that space. And so, but even in there, I still hit, you know, and it was like, why? And so being able to model swimsuits is like, you can't hide a whole ton. And those, even with like my first shoe, I was like, you want, you want me to put that on on me? You know, and then I put it on and I'm like, wow, girl, that's a lot of skin, you know? And so like not just navigating through that, you know, but then at the same time, I'm like, but I'm here and they're paying me the same rate as everybody else. So Mm -hmm. like, clearly I deserve to be here and my body also deserves to be here, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that because that was, that was the same for me. And like I mentioned earlier, when I started, when that company in Hawaii reached out to me and was like, we'd love for you to model our bathing suits. And I thought the first thought I had was, but I don't have that like bathing suit, quote unquote, bathing suit look, that bathing suit body. And I was like, why would you like questioning? Why are they asking me? Why would they want me to model this? And as I, you know, continued doing it and saw that pictures of me in these bikinis and I was like, oh, (laughs) I just look like an average woman who's wearing a bikini on the beach. And so, yeah, exactly. And so that was kind of where my mindset started to shift into kind Mm -hmm. of what you just explained of like, we live, yes, we do. We live in this society where, you know, smaller bodies are praised and people yeah. in bigger bodies are, you know, looked down upon, unfortunately. Thankfully, that's right. getting a lot better, you know, and we, right. we're having this much larger, like, array of diversity. And I think that yeah. that is amazing. And I think For me, what I'm always telling people is like, you don't have to be in a huge campaign. You don't have to be working with this huge company in order to 
feel that confidence and develop that confidence and understand that you're worthy just the way you are in the body that you're in. Yeah. So I think, I think, you know, your story and, and women who have, you know, kind of stepped into that uncomfortable position to really help move us forward is so incredibly powerful. So um, I relate to that so much. Um, I have, uh, in my book, I have, uh, this poem called small and even like outside of modeling, it's still like the presumption that a body should not take up the space that it already does. You know, um, it's pretty short, but I walked into a store, found a dress I thought was pretty and headed to the dressing room before I was even able to grab the handle. I heard they run small. Behind me was the owner, eyeing the items in my hand. The run small, she repeated, smiled and walked away. They run small, they run small, they run small. See, I have never been small. And every moment where my body felt massive and unlovable, every uncomfortable teenage year and jeans barely past my thighs came rushing back. No, I have never been small. Not these hips, nor these eyes. Not these thighs, nor this gut. Not this mind that thinks in deep, full circles. Not this heart that makes more room for people than there is space for. Not these hands that always find ways to hold on tighter. Not these words that expand larger than this breath. And most days, these these breaths take in more life than I can stomach. I have never been really synonymous with the idea of small, except for when it came to a battle of self-reflections and a mirror minimizing my worth so that it felt like lost treasure in maps. People stopped viewing as real anymore, tattered, washed up. We were not handcrafted and life given to be small. We were meant to love big and live bigger, refuse to be threatened by the small people will try to box us in, the same small that we have sometimes boxed ourselves in. They run small, was just supposed to be an informed commentary. So I took it, decided to do some informing myself, put the dress back on the rack and refused to be threatened by the idea of small because I was never meant to fit in that anyway. Wow. Uh, I I don't even know what to say because that entire poem, every single aspect of that poem brought up so much in me mm-hmm. in regards to, you know, that feeling and the amount of time I spent in my life thinking, what if I were just smaller? What if Small. I were just a little bit smaller? My life would be so much easier. And yeah. so thank you so much for sharing that yeah. and allowing people to think about small and that term yeah. of it runs small in a completely different way. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, it's really important that we, you know, we, we listen to that and we think there's not a mold that any of us are meant, you know, there's not mm-hmm. one specific mold that we're supposed, that we're supposed to fit into. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something that I'm constantly telling myself and those around me is that that is what makes this world, this community, this, you know, this everything so beautiful is the diversity of each and every one of us. And I think it can be really hard to not get wrapped up in the diet culture and trying to fit into that mold that society tells us as women we need to fit into. But then again, it's like, 
Would you rather live your life trying to fit into a mold that is maybe impossible for you to even fit into rather than living your life to the fullest and embracing who you are and your body and right. your what you have to offer? And right. so, you know, that is what I thought of as I was listening to that poem of yeah. just like embracing who you are and understanding that you don't have to be small to have worth, you know, you don't have to fit into this mold to be worthy or to be loved or to be seen or to be heard. And I think that, you know, it's just so important that we step into who we're meant to be. That was the biggest thing in my recovery was understanding that this is my body. This is my body at a healthy place, at a thriving place, at a happy place. And I would rather be here than, you know, starving myself or, you know, being in a place where I'm so unhappy Mm -hmm. um, just for a couple pounds, you know? Right. So, right. um, I love that so much. That was. And I think when you think about like the concept of a mold, you have to have an example in order to make a mold, um, Mm -hmm. which means it looks a certain way. So when, when you think of like, this is the mold you're supposed to fit, you're like, well, was the example the same thing as me or was it something different? So then ultimately when we look at a mold, then we think of shape-shifting, then we think of distorting um, who we are in order to fit into a space. Whereas like I create the mold because Mm -hmm. that doesn't match, you know, who I am and where, where I fit and how I, how I curve in. And if you think of like laying into a mold, if, if it's uncomfortable, like I imagine like laying into this like giant mold of how a body is supposed to be. And like there, the places where I'm supposed to fall into are actually like stabbing my sides or Mm -hmm. it's actually like pushing in my shoulders and, and, and what it doing is it's compressing who you are Mm -hmm. um, versus molding who you are. Um, when something is a mold, it's a replicant. And so you think of this conversation of like, okay, that's not a replicant for who I am. So then I guess I have to create a new mold for people who identify the way I do. And then Mm -hmm. someone else will come along and be like, well, that doesn't fit me. And so it's like, oh, I guess I too need to create a new mold for, and then, and and it duplicates until it's like, there's an, there's an actual mold and example set for, again, every representation of things. And, and, and I, think just that visual when you're talking of just like oh a mold like you think of like a one example of something but what if we were so brave that we continued to create the examples mm-hmm. of something so that someone could be like oh I resonate with that or someone could be like I don't resonate with that let me create then my own mold yes. and what a, I don't know what a beautiful um circulation of of, of freedom you know and yeah. and women stepping into the fullness and the wholeness of who they are and not pieces you know mm-hmm. I'm not molds of it yeah I love that yeah I love that so much so I am incredibly thankful to have had you here thank you so much for sharing that poem um I was you know right before we got on here I was like oh I really hope she has a poem that fits <laughs> into yeah. our conversation because Always. I just love your words and I love listening to you speak and being able to sit here and see you and watch you read that poem and those words and to really feel, you know, those feelings that you were projecting onto paper was incredibly powerful. And I'm so thankful to have been able to be a part of that and to provide this 
amazing conversation with the community here at the PFWC podcast. So thank you you so much for being here. And um, I'm so excited to see where you go and to work with you more and to be in this space with you. Um, So thank you so much, Arielle, for being here. And um, I'll talk to you later. Bye, love. Bye. Thanks.